Welcome, everyone. So for those of you who haven't been here the last Sunday of the year before, um, we're going to be doing a, a little bit of a ritual, a little bit of an anchoring, uh, a spiritual practice, if you will, at the end of the service today. And so I want to set that up a little bit for us. You'll notice we have some props involved. And uh, even in your programs, you may have noticed there are a couple little slips of paper that I want to point out. One of them says on white paper, old or limiting beliefs. And the other one says key intentions for 2013. And so uh, later in the service, you'll, you'll need those. And uh, Star set us up nicely with a prayer, thinking of things that we might want to release and things that we might want to embrace. So, so we're going to get there. But if we're going to do releasing, and if we're going to do setting some intentions, I want to make sure we know what that means. I want to make sure that this is more than just uh, Jay Leno doing the uh, um, the New Year's resolution jokes. Although I have one, and we'll get to that. We'll we'll get to that as well. I want to make sure that our intentions for this coming year are something that lasts. And I want to make sure that if we're releasing something, that it's really gone. If there's something that's troubling us in our lives or in our ways of thinking, that we release it once and for all. So in order to do that, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about these two things, releasing and intentions. So first up, releasing. Now, what is it that we're releasing exactly? Well, if you are like me, there are always some things in my life that could be improved upon. There are always uh, different ways of being that I could assume or move into that would make my life kind of larger. And, and let me explain that a little more. Am I my 100% best that I could possibly be in the entire world right now? Well, right now I maybe am. I mean, maybe I am putting in 100% of what I know I am capable of right in this moment. In fact, I hope so. That's part of intentional living. But tomorrow is another day. And I firmly believe that I am capable of much more than you see right now. Each of us is capable as we explore our authentic selves, as we really understand more of our connection to God and our true power in the world, each of us is capable of virtually anything. Each person here could live the life of our dreams if we really put some time and attention on it. So for releasing, it's as easy as trying to imagine what's standing in the way of that. Do you have thoughts of lack and limitation? Do you have thoughts of, of poverty or not being good enough? Do you, do you have beliefs that you'll never quite measure up to an older brother or an older sister? Do you have feelings that maybe you're not really a very good employee and, uh, and, and maybe that's why work is being so difficult? Do you have thoughts that maybe uh, the marriage that you're in or the relationship that you're in isn't as good as it could be? All of these are thoughts, beliefs, if you will, in lack and in limitation of fear or in constraint. All of these are worthy of release. So that's what we can release. We can release thoughts that no longer serves us, anything that's keeping us bound up or tightened up, anything that's making our lives feel small when we know that our life could be so grand, 
so beautiful, so, so ultimately filled with love and life of prosperity and wholeness. Now, some of us are going to release some very simple things today, I think. I, I remember one year, um, one woman simply released her children to go off to college. And, and she said it had really been bugging her, this idea of being, uh, well, she said, home alone. Of course, she wasn't. There were other family members. But the idea of her children going off to college kind of terrified her. And so that year, she released that terror of somehow not feeling like her home would be full anymore, that somehow this empty nest was going to leave her lonely. She, she just let go of that. I'm just releasing that idea of being alone or not being connected with my children. Some of us may have more elaborate things to release. I remember about, it was, I think it was my third year of doing the Golden, ceremony, the golden Bowl Ceremony uh, myself that I finally stepped up to releasing having to do for everyone else. Do you know what I mean? Are there those of you out there that do for everyone else and you're the last one on the list? You make sure that your friends are happy. You make sure that your relatives are connected and doing well. You make sure that everyone on this planet is safe and, and well-fed and, and, and all the things that they need. And at the very end of the list, maybe if there's time, uh, right, on, uh, in months that end in R, <laughs> maybe there'll be time left over for you. What I know is, whether I've described one of the things that you might be releasing or not, there is something here worth giving up on this day, something that's holding you back, something that's making you feel less than, something that is uh, keeping you small, perhaps. So that's the what we're releasing. Now the how to release. You know, I know a couple really fun ways, a couple dynamite ways to release things. And we're going to do the simple one here today. And that's simply to release and let go, just to, to bless that old way of being. It probably served you at one time. The very things that may be keeping us down now may have served a great purpose in the past of keeping us feeling safe or keeping us feel connected or, or keeping you know certain things working in our lives. So I say let's just bless it and move on. It's the kind of bless and move on technique. And I think for most people it works pretty well. I also know, though, there are those of us who have been so entrenched with an old way of being, there are those of us who have been so self-identified with some of the very limiting and, and, and lacking things in our own lives that it's hard to step away from it. It's like it's the evil twin. Do you know what I mean? But, but, it, but it's, a, it's a part of you as much as your own hands and, and, and your own feet. And it could be a little difficult to release some of those things. So, I have a method for home use. We probably won't be doing it today, but it's what I call throwing a releasing party. So, you, you're going to want to invite friends, because what I know is your friends and your family helped create this, right? In fact, they're, prob they're probably a part of what you need to release. So, you're, you're going you're gonna to throw a party, and you are going to play out whatever it is you want to release to the nth degree. 
you are going to, it's as though you're up on stage and let's say it's lack, then you're going to tell a story of such lack and such woe and such poverty that pulls in every bad thing that ever happened to you and you are going to sing it and you are going to dance it and you are going to exhaust yourself of it because it's the last time you're ever going to tell that story. So you're going to make it like grand opera. Do you know what I mean? Right? Where, where, where everyone dies at the end. <laughs> and, and it's appropriate because you want this thing to die once and for all. So give it a try, honestly. I, I did this myself. It's actually kind of fun. You can get a few friends together, and maybe they will also release something that has been very impactful but very limiting to them as well. So uh, let's say it's, uh, it's maybe belief that you're not good enough. Then, then tell a story and tell it big and tell it dramatically of everything that ever happened to you where you felt like the victim because you just weren't good enough. Or if it's about a bad marriage, then, then talk about every bad girlfriend or every bad boyfriend you ever had and what awful people they were and make it big and make it dramatic and then let that be the last time you ever tell that story because it's done. This, is the, this method I call, by the way, release through exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> but it is worth doing. It is, it, it, I swear to you, it is worth doing. Take the time, and if there is something worth letting go, and the simple method that we're going to use today, if that doesn't work, take the time then to try some other means. And that leads us into the third area of releasing. That's why do we release? I have a theory that in order to make room for something new in our life, we've got to make space. We've got we to have the freedom to usher in something new. If we want to have more love in our life and we're still thinking in, in our old ways of thinking about, um, about people being our adversaries or, or, or being unlovable or whatever it is, how can the love come in when I'm still holding on to the unworthiness or the pain of old relationships? When I'm holding on to me or wearing it like an old bathrobe, all the, all the bad relationships I've, do you know what I mean? I, I honestly, I, I hate to tell a tale out of school, but but I remember my mother-in-law. You know, the first time I met her, we were talking a little bit, and she talked about how awful her divorce was. And so, you know, a couple days later, I said, "Well, you know, I was talking to your to your mother, and she was talking about her divorce being so painful. When was that?" And he said, "23 years ago." Some of us wear our, our bad experiences and our old beliefs, you know, like a, well, it may be like a bathrobe, but honestly, it's more like a straitjacket, isn't it? Let this not be us. We release the old to make room for the new. And sometimes that's literally making room for it, right? If, if we want more freedom in our lives, probably cleaning out the garage and the attic are a great place to start. But more often than not, what we need to make room for is energy in our lives. It's in order to spend time with what we want. If we want more love in our life, we need to be focused on the love, not on the lack or the things that came before. Literally, there has to be room, there has to be space, there has to be energy to embrace every day what it is we want to experience. And when we get caught up in continually repeating what came before, 
it's hard for it to get in. The joy is there. God guarantees us the, the joy and the love and the peace, but, but if we put up a roadblock, if we're going to cover ourselves up in, the, in saran wrap so it can't get in, then we're just doing it. I've got so many metaphors going today. This is getting scary, isn't it? All right, you get the idea. We release to make room for the good. And what is the good? What, what is this good that we want to have? Is it nothing more than a New Year's resolution like on Jay Leno? Let's start with one. You know, I've, I've got a, I, I got a joke here that's, uh, that's uh, Jay Leno style uh, uh, about a New Year's resolution. So Peter, at work on January 2nd, turned to his friend Ken and asked for a cigarette. I thought you made a New Year's resolution to quit smoking, Ken responds. Oh, I did, said Peter. But, you know, it's quite a process, and I'm still in phase one. Phase one? <laughs> What's phase one, asked Ken. Well, that's the phase where you still smoke, but you feel guiltier about it. <laughs> that is a New Year's resolution. Do you see the problem with this? We try to shift through kind of brute force, through the, I don't know, through you know our fingernails and gritting our teeth. We try to force something out in the world to be different. And some people will say their New Year's resolution is losing 25 pounds, or some people will say, well, you know, I'm going to get a job that uh, really where they really appreciate me this year. But the trouble with all of these things is that the inside of us hasn't changed any. And so we make some good efforts, right? We, we get the Gold's Gym membership. That's a start. We, we get the cookbook on eating light. That's a start. We, as in the story there, we stop buying the cigarettes, but can I borrow one? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like we make some steps but the trouble is the mentality, the who we really are, is still who we were before. And so it doesn't take very long, right? We go to the gym four or five times maybe, and then who we really are isn't matching with that. What I know about most people who say, you know, I want to lose 25 pounds this year, there is something within them that isn't completely self-loving. And so they'll change all the outsides of things, but that peace within us that doesn't quite think we're beautiful, that doesn't quite think we're worthy, that doesn't quite think that we are powerful and amazing, that piece of us that doesn't believe those things will start pulling back the bad habits. And, and suddenly in week three of our new exercise program, well, you know, I'm going to skip Wednesday this week and it'll be no, no big deal. Or we'll say to ourselves, well, on the diet I was on, you know, I'm supposed to have a, a blowout where I can eat what I want one day a week. But, you know, there's a holiday in this week, too. And so I really, do you know what I mean? Then our craziness, our old self, the part of us that hasn't changed a bit, starts drawing in the old ways of being, the old habits, the, the old things that specifically we're trying to release. That, I believe, is why New Year's resolutions, for the most part, are worthless because it's just us moving the furniture around. Do you know what I mean by that? So you have a 30-year-old sofa and a 50-year-old coffee table, and you really want a new life, so you move the 
coffee table to this side of the room and you move the 30-year-old sofa to that side of the room and for a couple days you're fooled, right? (laughs) For a couple days things look different and you go, well, this is better. (laughs) But I got to tell you, it's the same old furniture. It's time for something new. So when we make some intentions up and and, uh, when we really want to have something new in our lives, let's look behind the effects. Because everything that I've described, whether it's 20 pounds overweight or whether it's smoking or or whether it's uh, feeling um, not worthy at work or, or whatever it might be, all of those are an effect of some of the thoughts and beliefs that you have about yourself. So my question would be, what is it you really want? Instead of maybe writing down an intention that's lose 20 pounds, maybe the intention is, in 2013, I am going to finally learn how to love myself. And I'm going to do whatever's necessary. Yeah, it may, it may require some changes in diet and exercise. It may or it may not. But what I know is it requires a change in our attitude. It requires a change in what we believe to be true about us. If we don't really love who and what we are, I tell you, losing 20 pounds or or really doing an exercise program, you're going to be just, your knuckles are going to be white and your teeth are going to be, you know, it's not going to be pretty. And, And three or four weeks from now, no guarantees. But if you go at it full-heartedly, saying to yourself, this is the year I'm going to do whatever's necessary to truly love myself, what would that look like? What would that be? I'm going to journal about this. I'm going to take this into prayer. I'm going to have this in meditation and contemplation every day for a couple months. What needs to be different in me to truly appreciate and love myself? You're going to get a whole different answer than just signing up at Gold's Gym. And whether it's losing the 20 pounds, or, well, let's say it's the, uh, finally, I'm gonna, this year is the year I'm gonna get a job where they really appreciate me. A better intention would be, this is the year that I'm gonna finally appreciate me. You know, we go through life changing all kinds of things on the outside, and, uh, and I remember one of the first clients I ever had as a practitioner, um, she came to me because, she, honestly, she was feeling lonely. And her, her intention, if you will, or her resolution was that she was going to go out and start meeting some people again, which, uh, which on the surface sounds like a great idea. But I started asking her about, well, why she was alone. You know, she was a, a, a nice young woman, and I thought to myself, well, why is she alone? And she started telling me about all the really miserable relationships that she had been in and one by one they started sounding creepily the same do you know what I mean it's like the name of the guy was different but pretty much everything else was the same and I said you know before you start dating again maybe you need to decide what love means to you Maybe the intention here, maybe the prayer work, maybe this, this session isn't giving you dating tips, but maybe it's giving you tips about what loving and being loved is like. Are you worth, do you believe you're worth having the relationship 
that you want? What does love look like to you? These are the fundamental questions. These are the fundamental intentions, if you will, that I'd like to see us work on today. We're going to be doing this golden bowl in a few minutes. And what I would like to think is that we're releasing old ways of being, finally, not just the cigarettes or the weight, but old ways of being. If there's something in you that feels unworthy or unloved or unlovable, let's release that. And if there's something in you that, uh, that wants a new relationship or a new job or things like that, let us, instead of just embracing the thing or the person, let us embrace ourselves as whole, as perfect, as divinely inspired. Let us begin embracing ourselves as the God creation that we are. You know, there's an old saying that God doesn't make junk. And in science of mind, we know that we are made out of God's stuff. There is nothing that would be denied us because we are part of that infinite wisdom, that, that infinite love that is God. And so as we open our hearts, as we accept the change within ourselves, then the world changes. As we embrace love and further understand love, then love comes to us. As we fully understand what, what true abundance in our spirit and in our mind is, then physical abundance comes to us. As we have a better understanding of what joy is, then our lives become joyful. And no more is it a matter of moving the furniture around and hoping for the best, right? We're picking out a new way of being, a new, a, a new beingness of ourselves. Then our intentions stick. Then our resolutions are meaningful. Then we become more of who we truly are. So I'm going to close today. Uh, you know, we've been using this book of uh, Eknath Eswaran's, and, uh, and there's a lovely quote, I think, that goes exactly, uh, uh, in fact, this is pretty much the end of the book. It's our end of the, the series on taking time and really slowing down. And here's what he has to say on this whole subject. He says, as long as I look upon myself as no more than physical, I have an incomplete idea of who I am. This inadequacy is even more fraught with danger than in earlier times because the media reinforces it every day. Almost every movie we see, every book we read, every advertiser that we listen to says, you're incomplete. You're not what you should be. You don't have what you need to have. And then they offer us some object or experience that promises to make us whole. Only rarely does someone arise to remind us that we are not incomplete. We are always whole. Not imperfect physical creatures, but spiritual beings whose greatest need is to simply discover our real and powerful nature. We end our service today with a simple prayer. There is one power. There is one presence. There is one unity of all things. It is that largest container of anything that can be imagined. If you can imagine all the love that exists, if you can imagine all the joy that exists, all of the success, all of the abundance, all of the peace, all of the robust health and perfection that exists anywhere, roll it all up and together. It's not quite enough because God is more than that even. 
And so knowing that God is everything, all powerful, all good, all benevolent, I simply know for the people here who set these brave and pure intentions today, that God says yes to every prayer. It can't be any plainer than that. God simply says yes to every good intention, every prayer, everything that each one of us has chosen on this day to represent ourselves in that golden bowl. The answer is yes. And so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful in knowing that as we go about this year, the little reminders and portents of those intentions come back to us in such beautiful ways. We, we recognize it for what it is as living out of our faith and being part of that intention. We have the reminders, we have the success, we have the joy, the peace, the love, everything that we have made our intentions for in this year is ours. I'm grateful for this. I let it be. And so it is.